Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of The Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Ash Lorp, joined by Andrew Harlick, and this is going to be episode 107 with Philippines-based designer, my buddy Dan Matutina, who joins us this week to share some wonderful insight into Filipino culture, what it's like to regularly work for clients around the world, and how he got his start in the industry by watching American cartoons. We also talk about food and expose the precious joys of the canned meat product span. So here we go, world, episode 107. Let's roll. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. It's been a long time since we've talked. I haven't really yeah, been a while. Yeah. chatted with you since Graphica Manila, which is, I yeah. don't know, it was a while ago? Yeah, a year ago, maybe. Like February or something. Awesome. We have Andrew on the call, too. Hey, yeah. Dan. Hi, Andrew. My co host, my right yeah. hand, Steve, my Chipotle machine. <laughs> <laughs> Are, do you guys live in the same area or no? Andrew lives in my house. No, we live. We hey. both live in California, but he lives more south than I do. He, by uh, south, okay. he, he means that he lives in my my uh, basement or my my hey, attic. Hey, attic, and I live south of him in the bedroom right below him. <laughs> I feed what him fish it heads. There? It is uh, ten thirty at night. Oh, okay, that's very that's a good time. Yeah, sorry, I had to be a little bit late. Um, as I said, I'm. <laughs> I'm reading my daughter, uh, The Hobbit, and she, she was fighting bedtime, and so I had to get her in there and I had to talk about some trolls and some dragons, and there I had to sing the elvish songs. Oh, it's it awesome. Recite it. Do it. Sing it for us. Uh, I don't have the book in front of me. It's like, you know, the trolley lolly law with the gold in the mountains, blah, 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 you know, like <laughs> the things you do, cool. <laughs> the things you do for your kids. <laughs> how, how, how old is your... Kid. she's 10 years old now oh, okay she's has she old. seen the movie um i think so i think she's seen uh not all of them but um some of the most recent ones i think uh-huh. the hobbit i think she she's seen that yeah have you uh, seen them yeah what do you think like, uh i think it should have been made into one film i think it's just too long yeah well, they need to stretch it out, man. They got to pay yeah. for all those people's salaries. <laughs> yeah. Have, have you seen that edit on Vimeo? Where there was a guy who edited just the scenes from Dolguldur and just made it into one quote-unquote film. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. yeah, I saw that. It was, like, supposed to adhere to the original book. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah, really interesting. So he kind of cut it down just to match the book, huh? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome because yeah. the book is really great. It's it's really yeah. tight and it's really yeah. really well written and simple. And uh, yeah, I read it when I was about ten years old. Have you have you read <laughs> yeah. it, Dan? Yeah, I've read it, but I think I was in high school or university, maybe around oh. that time. But yeah, you were like uh, an older nerd. Yeah, freaking uh, Andrew hasn't even read it read it yet. Yeah, no, he's like new generation punk. New rock. generation. <laughs> I'll just watch the movie instead. <laughs> he's all books, yeah. whatever, dude. <laughs> eat, yeah. eat my Chipotle, bro. <laughs> Kids these days. Oh man, he, it's go ahead. I, I was saying, is Andrew uh, like significantly younger than? all of us or? he's 12 oh. years old no i'm, I'm 23 <laughs> yeah. oh wow you're pretty young yeah he's young <laughs> damn him we have constant arguments 
<laughs> he reminds me how old. Gap. Yeah, <laughs> he reminds me how old I am. Because yeah, he's I'm a I'm a I'm a decade older than him. No. Yeah, I think same, same, same. You 32? Yeah, I'm 32. Yeah, you're the same age as me. When were you born? Uh, July 20. Oh, okay, that was March 18th. Oh, okay. So March, April, May, June, July. Okay, so I'm a little bit older. <laughs> yeah, just for, for a few months. Bow down to me, both of you. <laughs> <laughs> Respect the yeah. age, bitches. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Well, dude, um, there's so much to talk about. Um, it was it was actually really funny because uh, I was getting every time I before the podcast, I'll do just write down questions and notes to keep myself kind of focused. And I had your work open, and my daughter, she loves art too, and she loves drawing. And she was like, "Oh, look at that!" She was really um, excited and happy about your yeah. versus hearts thing. Oh, cool! And yeah. actually, it was ironic. Is this is the first thing that I got turned on to from my friend as well, who turned me on to your work. Yeah, um, yeah, Jen. Yeah, Jen, and it was really cool. She showed me your work, and I was like, the moment that, I think the first thing I saw was the versus heart. And I'm just yeah. curious as to you've been building on it. I've noticed. I think right. Yeah. Although I've 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 been on a hiatus for like quite a long time, but yeah, and I have some sketches already, but I I just have to find I guess time to work on it again. Yeah, is it on the back burner? Passion project yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's a passion project stuff. But people love it, don't they? Yeah, yeah, everyone seemed to love it. I guess uh, except Ooh. for like maybe Android fans. Oh. <laughs> 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 yes, I, I, there was there was a time when. I think Nangag or maybe Buzzfeed posted it, and then. But for most of the versus hearts, I think the villains are on the left side. Yeah. So because Android was on the left side, they thought I was an <laughs> Apple fanboy, and I was like, "What the hell? This guy's an Apple fanboy. Why is Android <laughs> on the left side?" I was just. It made more sense uh, design-wise because the <laughs> the bite of the apple is always on the right side. So yeah. if I place it on the left, you wouldn't know if it's Apple. So yeah, fucking chill out, people. <laughs> Fuck off, Android users. <laughs> we all know oh, Apple's the superior product. Dan says it. He says it in his work. Uh, just uh, tell it. Uh, <laughs> why don't you take the chance to tell all the Android users to suck it? You can do that on the podcast. <laughs> no. <laughs> just joking. I don't want to get you in trouble. A bunch of yeah, hate yeah. mail. Yeah. You guys can send yeah. me that hate mail. I don't give a shit. I'll laugh about it. I'll I'll yeah. screenshot it and share it with everybody on Twitter. <laughs> I think people are very passionate about their technology tech gadgets. Yeah. Yeah, of although, course. Although that seems. I don't know. I'm pretty uh, somewhere in between, kind of like very agnostic in terms of like technology. So, but, then, but I understand the passion between people, uh, the passion of people with regards to the technologies. <laughs> yeah, it's easy to get swept up in it. You know, I think Apple's uh, one of the most successful cults of yeah. our time. I'm I'm down with it. I'll drink that Kool Aid. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my iPhone. I freaking love the shit out of that thing, man. Yeah, exactly. Kicks ass, does so much cool stuff. <laughs> I remember the day when you had to carry a, f- you had to carry a, a camera, then you had a, like a flip phone, piece of shit phone. Yeah, and uh, you had to bring a laptop. You know, you don't need any of that shit anymore if you if you're yeah. just basically doing normal stuff. It's yeah. cool, definitely. Yeah, but I agree. Fucking Apple, damn cold. <laughs> it's good though. <laughs> But yeah, man, my daughter, my my daughter asked me to ask. She said, "I want one of those. How do I get one of those?" I'm like, "I don't think he prints them, but um, yeah, 
I just figured yeah, I, out ask. <laughs> I, I do print some of those. I can send you one. Just give me the address. I think I've sent uh-huh. some. To That'd be awesome. Yeah. I'll send you some cash. PayPal status. Because you're <laughs> no, all the way in the freaking Philippines, dude. Yeah. You guys are I'm doing... All the way from like uh, 14 hours away from you. Dude, it's point. so far. I remember <laughs> when I had to fly there, I wanted to just punch everything. It was so <laughs> far away. It, it, what, what? it hurt. It was so far away. My big ass white man body was just uh-huh. like, Ugh, get out of here. Stuck in the tr- freaking cl- the plane, man. It was so long. It was, I think it was a total, I set the timer. I always do that when I travel. I set the timer right when I leave my hotel room. Mm-hmm. And then right when I land at home, and I think it was like 23 hours or something of travel, oh, okay. I was like, Ugh. it wasn't a direct flight or was it a direct flight? Yeah. I stopped off in Japan for uh, like three hours, I think. And then mm-hmm. jumped on the plane. I think we had going against the wind or some shit. So I got mm-hmm. stuck in that, stuck, stuck mm-hmm. in that freaking wind mm-hmm. getting all crazy, but it's really far. <laughs> Yeah. When's the last time you've been to the States? I was there last year. I think it was about maybe June or July, around those months. Okay. Did you go to Comic-Con or something? No, I went to San Francisco for a few days with some work stuff. But it was was just a short time, maybe six days, five days. So I wasn't really able to go around. Mm. You you come to the States often? Uh, not really, but uh, for the last couple of years, I've been there every year. But yeah, not not, not so much. Because a lot of like client stuff. Uh, yeah, some 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 are client stuff. But some the previous one was just for a holiday. But yeah, I'm pl- uh, I'm planning to go next year again. Maybe hopefully I can pass by where you are. Yeah, guys. One yeah. of the things that I'm really curious about, and I'm sure it's really interesting for a lot of people, is. Um, Working so far away from the States, um, you have quite a few clients that are um, from the States. And how is it for you? I I know that when I was there, there's a really thriving, growing design and art community out there in the Philippines, especially Mm -hmm. when I was in Manila. It was really really great to see that, too. Oh, there's a dog out there. Oh, that's cool. (laughs) Shut up, dog. dog? (laughs) No, it's a neighbor's dog. He's hating on the podcast. I'm about to shoot that dude. <laughs> hey, let me close the window. It's hot as hell right now, so I'm about to open it up. Go ahead, guys. Keep going. Keep going. Keep talking. Yep. Keep All going. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So you and Ash met at a uh, Graphical Manila. Yeah, I, we met physically at Graphical Manila, but I we I think we became Facebook friends earlier because she had he had a friend who who was my friend here in Manila as well. And then they kind of worked together, so. Oh, so cool. we became Facebook friends after that. And then we met when you went here like a couple years ago in February. For yeah, Gunman. that was fun, man. That was so cool. Yeah, yeah. there were like celebrities there, Andrew. You should go next time and see. You know, it was so crazy. Celebrities. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's <laughs> so nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was so nice. Have you spoke at that yet? Yeah, I spoke maybe. A couple times, before. right? No, just once, just once. Celebrity out there. No, <laughs> I Shush. still had crappy work at that time. I guess that they didn't have any choice to to get to talk. So yeah, they're like, get Dan in, <laughs> yeah. have him cover for Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no, I sorry, think- I had to jump away. Go keep I- going, guys. Talking yeah. about graphic in Manila. Yeah, I guess uh- with regards to your question, in terms of like the scene, the I guess right now. Uh, there's a really thriving community, a lot of designers and illustrators coming up. But 
well, we've had designers and illustrators way way back. I mean, most of our like old school national artists were that. But like the modern, the modern, the modern design or illustration. I guess this has been going on for the last maybe you know six, seven years, or maybe a decade. So it's pretty young. And then there's a lot of like design school opening up. I don't know if it's good or bad, but I guess it would seem it's good because you'd know that a lot of people are interested in going to like the creative industries. But of course, in terms of the jobs, uh, there's not a lot yet because the biggest, maybe creative uh, work destination here are ad agencies and maybe production houses, but not really a lot of design studios or uh, illustration agencies. So most of those are very independent, really small ones. So that's the thing. Yeah, it's really interesting. I learned a lot about there's um, a lot of telecommunication yeah. um, jobs out there, right? I mean, because yeah. design, like you said, design isn't isn't really established there in the Philippines. From what I understood on that trip that we took, which was fascinating mm. about the history and learning a lot about it, is the Philippines and, and as a country is a very young country, right? Yeah, yeah, that's very really young. young. Yeah, I mean, in comparison to other ca- countries around. Um, yeah. And it's interesting too, for me and my standpoint, like you said, you're kind of hesitant about talking about, not hesitant, but I noticed something uh, when you mentioned art schools, you know, yeah. and their development. I mean, what's your thoughts on that? I think there there are universities. So you, the university where I came from is, you can say it's very, very established. It's been there like since the university started, maybe around 1900. So the, the fine arts is the old, is one of the oldest and it's, uh, uh, it's one of the oldest here in the Philippines, but most of the stuff that they taught before was really into fine arts, like painting and sculptures. But then visual communication was fairly young when I was there. Uh, it was mostly geared towards advertising and and all the fine arts school here in the Philippines, though, the really older ones are maybe University of the Philippines, University of Santo Tomas, and Philippine uh, Women's University. So only a handful. And then in the last... 10 years maybe there's a lot of like fine art school opening up and a lot of like design and multimedia schools opening up so you see there's a lot of interest from people and of course i think it also has something to do with the internet and the animation industry and all those things so people are very interested you know to see all those things but i guess compared to like the western countries like the us or maybe europe maybe the design programs are very very young and I guess you know, there, there's not really a lot of design school, strictly design school here in the Philippines, but there are a lot of fine art school and multimedia schools. So that's one thing that I think it could improve uh, maybe in the future. Yeah, I think it's really actually kind of cool that um, you guys kind of have, um, you know, a wealth of knowledge that's from around the world, but you guys are able to create your own voice and your own style and break rules and try your own things. And because, um, my interaction with uh, Philippine culture, which is pretty deep because I grew up in Hawaii and most of my friends mm-hmm. are Filipino. And so, you know, uh, have pretty decent understanding and, um, Filipino culture from my standpoint mm-hmm. uh, is very lively, like full of life, yeah. um, bright color. Like, um, you know, it's just a lot of vibrancy. Um, yeah. it's, it's in that really, when you put that into art, it's like very, it's like a really interesting transla- translation, you know, it's yeah. b- breaking the I, rules, trying new things and stuff, which is really fascinating. Yeah, I guess you can see that it's very rich and maybe too cluttered and a lot of things going on. So <laughs> that's that's kind of basically how you can describe 
I guess maybe the Philippines and the culture, the the fiesta vibe, the very colorful thing. It's very maybe the close comparison could be like South American, like maybe Brazil, but of course two different cultures, but visually it kind of uh, resembles each other, which we're in everything is like very colorful and not too minimalist. So I guess that's one of the things that you can say that uh, not really nothing the designers can't grasp, but then if you take if you look at design, maybe all the influences of everyone here who are into design are very Western, so kind of minimalist and kind of rigid, and it it's very much like on the other side of like the Philippine culture. So I think that's a lot of things that designers have to I don't know understand and absorb. So yeah. it's quite two different things, but it's fun. I guess it's a challenge. But I I see a lot of, um, I mean, it's just maybe for me as an outsider, but with your own style, like I see your culture embedded in it with your, within your own context, if that makes sense. Mm. You like, Mm. it's your own lens, you know, like you use vibrant colors and mismatch Mm. different shapes and tones and stuff. But I think that maybe it's just my viewpoint of it, but I feel that you are like kind of embracing that, you know, would you say? Yeah. Yeah, I think maybe in the yeah, I I think you can say that, but the, but a lot of those things as well, uh, a lot of the things are also influenced by other things I really like. But but by default, you can be really influenced by where you come from. And then uh, looking at all those things, and maybe when you do work, sometimes unconsciously you can include the you can include those on your work. But uh, yeah, consciously, if I do projects like here locally, then of course. Most of the themes and the visuals are influenced by local stuff, but then uh, some of the projects I do, I do are, are from outside the country. So, of course, most of those things are very, how do you say it, very uh, not really heavy on Filipino culture, but then I guess in terms of colors and all those other influences locally also appear. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think is your one of your biggest inspirations or like motivations or something that inspires your art? What is it usually that gets you going uh well a lot of things so when i was younger i was very much into animation and cartoons and i always tell this story because it's very funny so when i grew up so if you've been to manila but i grew up in a in a a city like an hour away from manila by plane so it's a small island uh back in the south and then uh, when i was young we had my grandpa had a television but there was no cable, so we only had one channel. And then every 5 p.m., they were only showing animated cartoons at 5 p.m. And most of those things were all reruns, the same cartoons showing the same time of the day. <laughs> There's no really progression. So I was very much watching the same G.I. Joe episodes, Transformer yes. episodes, and uh, <laughs> Thundercats episodes all the time, and Disney sometimes Disney movies, but they were all in reruns. And all those reruns kind of made me familiar with how everything looked. And I was very much took into into animation and animated movies. Uh, the only thing at that time that I never really imagined to work in a creative industry, because at that time when I was young, it was far too distant from me in terms of like, hey, can I work there? And I mean, that thing, it gets done in the US or something really far away from me. And growing up in the province, uh, you never really thought you'd get to the stage of where, where you'll be able to do work for those said companies. So at that time, it was something very far, uh, very out of my reach. But then it was something that really inspired me to do, 
to do illustration even when I was young. But of course, most of those illustrations were crappy. But then that's how you start. <laughs> yeah, you got to start somewhere, and that, that's yeah. what, that's why I think is really fascinating too. Is um, you know you come from all the way in the Philippines in a province that's out like kind of on the outskirts too, and yeah. being inspired by American culture, and then letting that be. Um, a driving force for you, you know, and now look what you're doing working with Google, you know, yeah, yeah which is really... huge, right? Do you reflect on those moments in your career and just like kind of take a moment back and think about yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it, th- that's one of the things that makes it really, I guess, for me, it's something that's really interesting for me because when I was really young, I never really thought I'd work with those companies, even doing work for them, working with them, or uh, uh, doing some pieces for exhibitions for for companies that I really liked when I was really young. And all those things, like I said earlier, were not some things I imagined. So we kind of become very thankful for all the opportunities and I guess for all the influences I've had since I was younger watching all those things. Yeah. And I, and I guess it, it helped that the Philippines is... is very, pretty much a very Western Asian country, kind of. If you compare it to other Asian countries here in Asia, the Philippines are like the closest one you can get to to the U.S. or something. I mean, our our school is our educational system is in English, so everything in the school is uh, taught in English. And, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, from not Tagalog or anything. No, not Tagalog. We mm. only have one or a couple of subjects in Tagalog, but. Everything was in English. So mm. when I was in prep in kindergarten and grade school and high school until university, everything is in English. But you also speak Tagalog fluently too? Yeah. But the thing is, so the province where I, I'm from is Tacloban City. So we had a different, different dialect. dialect right? Yeah. So with different dialect. And then what dialect I, is that? It's called Warai. Warai? Yeah, Warai. It, Tell Andrew to eat more Chipotle in Warai. Do it. Okay. <laughs> Andrew, kaonin mas damo na chipotle. <laughs> yes. I like that chipotle is the same yeah. word. <laughs> what if chipotle was a new word? Yeah. <laughs> You'd blow his mind if it wasn't. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. So it's pretty different. And I guess at that time, we only learned Tagalog through watching movies and, and through school. So Interesting. It's not something that's very native to me, so I had to learn it as well. Hmm, that's interesting. It's it's um, kind of a common trend then out in the Philippines to transition over to English speaking language, right? Yeah, yeah. Like you're saying, the telecommunication. Um, from yeah. m- what I learned is, especially in Manila, a, a big strong driving force of the business and in- industry. There is a lot of mm. um, tech support goes out to the Philippines, yep. right? Yeah, it helps. I think. I think in Asia, the two biggest like uh, call centers and telecommunication companies are in the Philippines and in India, because I guess predominantly a lot of people speak in English. But I guess India, they're more of a British English, and yeah. it's more of a American English. So it 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 it's like a very big business here in the Philippines, and it gives people jobs. So I guess at that in that particular aspect, it kind of helped that we are very Western. But then. Of course, there's a lot of like cultural debates and whether speaking English is good for the culture or not. But then I guess this is not the venue for that. <laughs> sure. Well, it doesn't matter. I mean, what do you think yeah. on it? Do you think that it's good? Do you think that retaining um, your like roots, I guess, the beginning of the culture in the Philippines is more important or sustaining both of them? Or 
is it like when I was there, it was kind of odd. You know, I went in the mall over there and I was like, wow, it's it's like I'm in San Diego. Yeah. (laughs) It's a little bit more humid and I'm hearing different languages, but Hey, there's a, there's a Chipotle. (laughs) 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 I don't think they had Chipotle there actually. No, we don't have Chipotle. Oh man, you're missing out on life, dude. Yeah. I haven't tried it yet. Oh, dude, you're just, you're, Andrew <laughs> just teared up a little bit. Breaking my heart. It's... Yeah, sorry, Andrew. <laughs> no, you guys, you guys have a lot of similar stories too. Do you, what do you think of the Western influences? I mean, look at yourself where you had that channel and, you know, watching Thundercats and G.I. Joe. I mean, that's, I mean, it really doesn't get more American than G.I. Joe. It's like how we trained our young youth to be like, hey, it's okay to go kill people because it's awesome. You know, he's bad. King Cobra. Oh, you know, it's, it's brainwashed material. I totally subscribed as a kid. I love G.I. Joe. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it reached yeah, you too damn it's crazy yeah, yeah that's really that's really funny because uh looking at it i mean looking at it now yeah you're right i mean my favorite gi joe was the obscure one i think his name was sci-fi the guy with lasers and he was like in me and green and white i'm gonna look him up sci-fi yeah sci-fi apart from snake eyes of course oh snake yeah. eyes is a shit dude yeah, how about how about you andrew who's your favorite gi joe uh cobra Oh, Cobra is awesome too. Yeah, Possible oh, sci-fi is like funny. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's quite cool. The you in green and white. It's very yeah. like Nikes. <laughs> yeah, he looks like a Nike shoe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, geez, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, with regards to your question, on a personal standpoint, I think I guess if you if I say right now, it it helps because you can communicate to a lot of clients. I guess. In my current context of working with countries from the U.S. or countries from abroad, it kind of helped that we were very westernized. But then I guess deep down inside, I think it's always good that if you are very much influenced by your own culture and your own words. Because when I travel around, like, for example, you go to Japan or you go to uh, Germany, you see that all their books are in their own language. And I guess there's a certain kind of beauty and, of course, a certain love for a country and culture that goes within the people when you speak your own language, you talk to people, to other people using your own language. And it's, and for me, that's very beautiful. And I think that's one of the things that's lacking for me here in the Philippines. Wherein, of course, people love your, people love the country, but then when you talk using your own language, it's really a different thing. And, uh, and a lot of it, for example, here in the Philippines, there's a lot of people here who can't speak the local language. And most people here grew grew up uh, speaking in English and not knowing the local language. So that's just pretty, in a way, it's kind of sad because you live in a country and you're really Filipino, but then you don't know how to speak your own language. And, oh, fake yeah. Filipinos. <laughs> fake Filipinos. <laughs> fake Filipinos. <laughs> but, but, but culturally, they're very Filipino, but they just can't speak the language. But I think language is a very... No, just because yeah. you eat Ponset doesn't mean that you can <laughs> do it. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, all those things are very, I guess that makes the Filipino culture very, very, very interesting. And if you've seen the jeepney, I think that that, <laughs> yeah. that 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 sort of illustrates what the Filipino is. So it's an old American, it was uh, it was a repurposed old American army jeep. From yeah, army jeep, to, yeah. And then used into a public transport system wherein everything there is very religious, influenced by all the Roman Catholicism from the time of the Spanish. But then... 
if you look at all those things, there's Son Goku, there's a Son Goku sticker or yeah. a Son Goku airbrush. So there's a lot of like a Japanese influence as well. So I guess there's a lot of things put together, and the GP kind of reflects what what the country and the culture is about the Philippines. And and it's actually quite interesting. Well, being a young country, it's uh, it's quite cool, I guess. But then the culture is. The culture is very important, and language is very important as well. But there could, there, there's also a challenge because, like what I said earlier, the Philippines is uh, there's a lot of dialects here in the Philippines. So we have a lot of islands, and not a lot of islands, not a lot of those islands that can, can kind of communicate to each other. So they have really different languages, and I don't think if there's one language you kind of grow up with, it it's your own dialect. So you only talk to each other using Tagalog when you, I guess, when you go to Manila or in a major city. Yeah, it's also really fascinating because, you know, you need to use um, language in order to communicate ideas and persevere and all that kind of stuff. So it totally makes sense why people would want to, you know, centralize um, language, basically. But you made a great point, whereas you go to Germany or France or Italy or Japan, um, it's very mm -hmm. centralized and... and uh, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's fascinating though. For me, it's really interesting, um, from an American standpoint too, and knowing this and hearing this, and then also seeing how like Western influence the Philippines is, um, but it also is completely detached though. Mm -hmm. But, um, like you said, the Jipney is a very good example, um, of the Filipino culture, which is like, has all these different things, but it just spun together in such an interesting web and is very yeah. loud and very, yeah. colorful you know and there's also yeah. another interesting thing too that i've noticed and i've always been aware of is in the philippines there's a really strong divide between the very poor and the, yeah. very, the very rich is there mm -hmm. is that gap um getting smaller do you think as no the, it's not it's getting bigger uh, i think so because oh. uh, yeah the the thing is and i think of course you've seen it firsthand but that's a the philippines is like a very how they say it not ironic, but it's like a country full of contradictions. So it's a really poor country from the standards of everyone because it's a third world country. But then we have a lot of rich people, which comprises the 1% of the country. Yeah. So, and the 99% comprises of the rest of the people, including all the us, designers the and class. shit. Yeah, <laughs> including <laughs> the, middle, the middle class and the, the poor, the lower classes. And then uh, that's the thing. It's the gap is. I guess now, right now, they say the the economy is a bit better, but of course, it's not trickling down to everyone. So yeah, and to 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 further illustrate the gap, the said gap is this. So the Philippines is the only country wherein Tom shoes is sold. Well, it's also the country that's also a recipient of Tom shoes. <laughs> <laughs> that's so wow, fucked. That's, yeah. That's, They're that's all, really, he goes, oh, wow, that's so sad. Yeah. <laughs> you buy the shoe and then you take <laughs> the other pair out of the store 10 feet away and here you go. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, exactly. I guess it's, not, it's kind of a hy hyperbole, but it's, sure. it's like that because most of the Tom <laughs> shoes you buy it from like the U S and then you give it to South America or Africa. But here, you buy it here and they sell a lot here and they also give it to people here so that's great that's one of the yeah that's that's really weird <laughs> it is weird well it's 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 really interesting that's why i was wondering if the culture there is is growing and flourishing like you're saying that there's a design community growing mm. so what that tells me is that there's a there's an area of the government and the economy the world economy 
Because a lot of your clients, like you're using, uh, like a lot of your clients, I imagine, are out of the Philippines, right? Yeah. So which which is great is that you're using world economics basically to support your living out in the Philippines, and mm-hmm. you're becoming a a part of the Philippine structure because you're using the money that you make and spending it there. But yeah. you're but it it's what's really fascinating though, what I think is great is is um that you're you're not centrally located and you're still managing to do what you want to do and where, live where you want to live and that's the really that's one of the really great payoffs of doing design or art in general um if you're just a single artist like a creator on your own as you are um which is really fascinating i think it's really great you know because you could do it anywhere right yeah exactly i guess it make that helps, Google but... money. Make that sweet, sweet <laughs> Google money. You're all Tom's for everybody. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna yeah, buy a Chipotle I... and bring it here. <laughs> Maybe you should open a Chipotle here. <laughs> oh, you would kill it. You'd crush, dude. <laughs> that would just be like, just yeah, it'd be yeah. awesome. <laughs> I, I I think that's one of the like you said, the more interesting things is I can get jobs from outside the country and then use that money here locally and. I also work with local clients, so it's a lot of balance with all those things. But of course, uh, the, the good thing about working with uh, companies outside the Philippines is uh, you, you get paid in dollars, and then you spend the dollars here. It's kind of uh, quite big, so I, I kind of like. I guess it helped my it helped it helped me economically in terms of like buying things and for the lifestyle. Dan's rich. He's converting no. the dollar to the. <laughs> what is the conversion that you get? What's the what's the currency that you guys use out there? I forgot. It's pe- pesos. Pesos. Okay, yeah. So that's yeah. what we use in Mexico too. Okay, so yeah. And I'm uh, not sure what the conversion is now. I think it's pretty. I think it's about forty-two, forty-two pesos to a, a dollar, something like that. Dang, you're stoked, dude! You're making double time. Google money, double time. You're smart, dude. He's milking the system. I'm moving out to Philippines, dude. I'm have yeah, work I for- no, no, no. I think a lot of a lot of designers are actually thinking like that. I mean, those in the U.S. or in the Europe, thinking not really in Manila or in the Philippines, but I guess moving to Asia because the standard of living is a bit uh, smaller compared to the ones outside, uh, the ones in the Western countries. And yeah. It's beautiful out there, though, too. I mean, there's islands and areas and just just amazing um, nature and stuff. I mean, I didn't get a chance to see much of it when I was there, but I've seen pictures. Yeah. So, yeah. but we also have slower internet, so I don't uh, know. If I don't know. That's something. <laughs> and no Chipotle, so Andrew's yeah. not going. Yeah, so. I'm staying here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> slower internet. I don't know. Yeah. Who who gives a shit about the internet though? So. <laughs> Fuck the internet. That's how we're making this phone call, actually. So it's great. <laughs> All right. I'm yeah. sorry what I said, internet. Don't get upset and turn this call off. What's really <laughs> fascinating is you're all the way on the other side of the earth and we're doing this real time. I just love the shit out of that. It's so cool. That's quite, it's really cool. Technology is really cool. Um, makes the world smaller. Yeah. It's allowing you to be who you are and do what you do, you know, which yeah. is fascinating. You know, you're really um, capitalizing on that. Yeah. Um, creating that environment do you think um do you think manny pacquiao is going to save the philippines <laughs> <laughs> politically dude no. he's gonna knock the poverty right out dude he's gonna kick it he's gonna kick the poverty's ass out <laughs> is he still running for is it like presidency or he's like a, a part of the congress out there or yeah, I think it's part of the Congress, but he's not going to the Congress. Because I think it's one of the top absentees in the Congress. Mm. Yeah, because he's training all the time. 
yeah, yeah, and it's punching people all the time. <laughs> Are you a I fan? Are you a Pacquiao fan? Pac-Man fan? Yeah, I think you don't have a choice. You have to. You, be a you don't have a choice, right? They'll kill you out there. You're like, yeah. I'm a Way- Mayweather <laughs> fan. They'll be like, throw yeah. your toms at him. <laughs> kill him with yeah. your toms. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, you had to. Be, well, of course, yeah. I, Death I, by toms. I, uh, yeah, I'm a Manny Pacquiao fan. That's a boxer. That's, that's a forced. boxer. Yeah, yeah. That's a boxer. But then as a politician, I don't think I'm a Manny Pacquiao fan. It doesn't do anything as a politician. Yeah. The, the, is the um, one thing that I learned when I was out there. This is an interesting um, podcast. I'm sorry. We're going to talk about art too, I've, I promise. But the, the one thing that I really love and the thing about your work is you're coming from a different part of the world and I know your work is influenced by that. So I, f- I find it fascinating. I, I want to give the listener who might not know a little bit of backstory. Cause when we had that history lesson, when I was out there, it was really fascinating. And mm-hmm. that guy said that, um, one of the struggles for the Philippines is that there wasn't a lot of natural, um, like in America, we have so much land. So we have tons of gold and like iron mm-hmm. and all these products. Um, Japan also has like tons of iron as well. Um, but in the Philippines, it's like, you guys got some badass like beaches mm. and, uh, you got Manny Pacquiao <laughs> and some Jitney buses. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. they were saying like when, when Spain came to conquer the Philippines, it was, um, they were trying to build like castles and shit, but they couldn't. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause everything was like made out of, they didn't have, um, like can make like hard stone and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Fascinating shit, man. It's crazy. That whole yeah. story with Spain was nuts. And then the story with Japan, I was like, oh my goodness, man. Totally fucked up. Yeah. Super messed but, up. Yeah, but the thing is, uh, the thing is, the Filipinos are very forgiving and all those things are actually really forgotten. So, I mean, it was a long time ago and it was sure. okay. I, I guess nowadays people don't really care. And it's, I guess it's both good and bad, but then we're just really a jolly group. Yeah, I don't know if I've met or all my friends that are Filipino are like some of the nicest people on the earth. What's the deal with that? What are you guys drinking? Tell me what you guys are doing because I'm fascinated by that. I'm serious. I mean, some of the nicest people I've ever met in my life are Filipino people. It's awesome. Yeah, I think it has something to do with, I don't know, because everything is bright here. And of course, there's life has always been a challenge so you get to learn to accept it and smile i don't know maybe something like that yeah i'm not i'm not sure if it's scientific but that's what usually people say we we have a lot of disasters there's a lot of like poverty and a lot of like i don't know inefficiency but then people just shrug it off and smile so i guess they could feel better could be something like that but yeah you think that your attitude and mood would change if you were in like Alaska cold all the time. Yeah, people, exactly. People be like, "Fuck this, man!" <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm over this yeah, shit. So it's really cold. You have to do something because you'll die, or something like that. Like, uh, but in the Philippines, cold. you just kick it. You're like, "Yeah, fuck it, whatever." Yeah. It's warm. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's time to smile. Just yeah. chill out. Okay, yeah. that makes sense then. Yeah, because the the um, the the soul and the culture and the feel of the people of the Philippines and. Uh, all my friends in Hawaii and stuff are just so just like really great people, like salt of the earth people, like really good people, you know, just 
I always like, I just want to hang out all the time. Like, dude, let's do this. Let's eat some adobo and just kick back, <laughs> watch some Pac-Man fights. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Adobo's good. Andrew dude. should try it. Have you tried Andrew? Adobo? Isn't that like a spice? Yeah. No, no, man. You're missing out. Yeah. Dude, well, it is a spice. Yeah. I mean, well, I know. I only is. know it's a spice because they use it in the Chipotle seasoning. Oh, my <laughs> <God>. <laughs> oh no. Uh, what yeah, is adobo? Inform me. What am I missing out on? Dude, you're missing out on life, dude. Your whole <laughs> life it. is going to change. <laughs> that's, that's the entire thing. The secret yeah. of life. It's like, you know, at the end of every Nolan film, he doesn't say it, but he's like, he whispers in the mic. He's all like, like in the credits. It's yeah. true. The last word of every one of his yeah. films. He wanted uh, Leonardo DiCaprio to scream it in Inception, but it was like he wanted millions. So. <laughs> Adobo! Anyways, tell him what adobo is. School this man. Yeah, I think if uh, adobo is it can be cooked in different ways, but the 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 main ingredients is uh, soy sauce and vinegar. So you mix it together with pepper, and then you mix it with pork or maybe chicken or sometimes squid. So chicken. Some of the things, yeah. Yeah, the most popular one is the chicken or pork adobo. Mm. It's I guess it's influenced by the Spanish. Uh, culture and Spanish. Uh, it's one of the biggest Spanish influences here, I guess, in the country. And it's kind of salty and very flavorful food. And uh, Filipinos like very flavorful food. And I guess uh, Asians in general like very flavorful food. And it tastes good better if you eat it with rice. Oh, yeah. You got to eat with rice. You got to compliment it. Yeah, Andrew, yeah. when I come to LA, if you haven't eaten it yet, we'll go to, we'll go to a sick Filipino spot and eat some chicken adobo. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you should bring... Some lumpia, too, man. Step your face with lumpia. <laughs> what is this? Oh, my God, dude. I don't know any Filipino food. I'd be like, I'm a completely... Dude, you're like, fucking I'm whiter than Casper the Ghost right now. Jeez, man. All right, get, explain to my man what freaking lumpia is, because that's the jam, too. And we got to talk about the, the banana re- dessert, too. The banana dessert. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Dude. Lumpia is, I guess, a lot of vegetables, uh, beans, sprouts, and beans in uh, wrapped in like a uh, rice paper and then fried and then like you a little like, yeah it's like a like little roll rolls. Yeah, yeah it's like spring rolls but maybe better <laughs> oh yeah it's super dude one time i ate like um i was at a party and they had a huge tray like a hundred of them and mm. i ate like 35 lumpias dude oh, shit. i was <laughs> so sick that was so worth it though it was awesome it's a lot of- a lot of oil it's so much oil it was so awesome my body's like what do you what do i do with all this yeah he's all that's it i'm fucking you up for the rest of the night <laughs> i was like oh yeah. paid for it then my favorite is the fried banana and wrapped okay. fried banana goodness yeah it's called turon yeah that's it oh it's so yeah. good yeah it's like lumpia but then it's banana inside and there's sugar, <sighs> oh, sugar. that sounds better yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude the lumpia is fucking bomb dude just wait uh, you'll see and when- yeah, do, do you remember everett ash yes yes yeah so i think everett i don't know if his mom or his wife really makes good lumpia and everett is like they make really good Filipino food so you should visit them dude oh you're making me jealous oh, yeah, want- it's in, but it's in san francisco it's quite closer to you that's not too bad i can go up there yeah yeah, yeah. I got to, I got to do it for the food. I'll just yeah. be like, Hey, I came over 
Dan said you, your wife makes really good lumpia. I just want to eat a couple, and then I'll leave your house and <laughs> just come over for like 30 minutes. I'm all, is, yeah. it, is it ready? I'll come back. I'll be back in an hour. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's so good, though. It's just it's soul food, and it's got so much flavor, like you said. Adobo, like chicken adobo is one of my favorites, and it's just... I like to cook it actually at home. It's really good. Um, it's not that oh, hard wow. to make actually too. It's yeah, just, yeah, it's not hard to make. It takes a while to cook. You just cook it slow, cook it, get all that. Every bite of the chicken's just like infused with like the vinegar and the soy sauce. It's oh, yeah. so good. All the fat, pour it on oh. the rice. Bam. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting super food porn right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't fuck. Think, are we in the collective <laughs> <laughs> no, we're in the Philippine Martha Stewart's food podcast. network. <laughs> we're in the Food Network Philippine yeah, Culture podcast. Yeah, exactly. Dude, don't get me started, man. This is my shit. I love this stuff. Okay. This is my childhood, you know. At, yeah, yeah. A couple weekends ago, I don't know. Have you ever had spam musubi? Have you ever no, had no. that? Oh no. man, that's really good. I made that um, like two weekends ago. That was a lot of, that was like, you, you make rice, basically, uh, sushi rice, and then you put, um, uh, at the end of it, once it's done cooking, you put rice vinegar a little bit in there just to mix it up, and then uh, you take Spam, you know, from the can, like yeah. the, the garbage meat. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. You take that shit, and you cut it into eight slices, and then you take a little bit of ginger, you grate it down in some garlic and uh, a little oil, like olive oil in a pan. Then you add the soy sauce and uh, brown sugar. Wow, that and, sounds good. Ooh, it's bomb, dude. Take the spam and then you caramelize that shit. You cook it in there. You caramelize it and the it infuses all the brown sugar, the ginger, like the oh, spice wow. and the ginger from the and then the <laughs> and then the soy sauce. Yeah. It's like, oh fuck. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening out there, if you want to make spam musubi, if you're a weirdo like me, you're uh, going to love it. It's like really uh, nasty American style like sushi. <laughs> oh, that sounds good. Oh my god. It's good, uh, man. Can you can you get the like the recipe online or is it there? Fuck yeah, you can YouTube that shit. People are making it. But oh, like cool. not everybody makes it the way I do and uh, it's the way my mom taught me and that's how I learned in Hawaii. That's how we eat it. But it's okay. it's brown sugar soy sauce ginger garlic and a little olive oil mm. and if you really want to do it's fancy you can fry the the um the spam first to like brown it mm. and then use a separate pan to caramelize it in the brown sugar <laughs> oh Dude, it fuck. looks so weird uh, it looks uh, exactly uh, like sushi but just with a giant <laughs> slab of fake meat on top. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fake it's real meat it's just floor meat okay <laughs> You'll change your mind when you eat it. You're going to be like, oh, God, give me another one of those. When you're like, yeah, it sounds good. It's super good. Yeah, see, uh, Subi. Yeah, if you go, like, I think they have, I, I watched some videos on YouTube too. Um, you can do like a spam musubi and egg uh, mm. one too. It's bomb too. Um, then you just take the rice and uh, you can be like super poor. You just take the rice, um, the tin that you use, uh, the the spam in, you keep this, that you keep that. You take all your rice, you smash it, and then you take the can and make a shape of the spam. Place the spam on top of it and wrap it in nori. Uh, super good. Dude, wow. that sounds I'm crazy. The, <laughs> I'm, looking at, I'm looking at the photos. It's, oh, wow. It looks really good. It's sexy as fuck, dude. Eat it. Oh, yeah. is, is, this, is this an American invention? <laughs> I think it's a Hawaiian thing, I, honestly. Yeah, because, oh, yeah. yeah, oh, um, wow. you know, in like Hawaii, in the islands, they, like, yeah. they get canned food, you know? 
And then they have like Japanese people are like, what the fuck is this? And it's like, let's put some soy sauce in here. Like, oh, let's put some ginger in here. And they're like, oh, let's put some sugar because they have the sugar canes, you know? So, yeah. like, and then if you use brown sugar, it's even better. So, yeah. That oh, shit. wow. I, I see something that's uh, the one like you're describing with the, the sugar. It looks really good, like very shiny and caramelly. <laughs> <laughs> are you rubbing yourself as you're reading this yeah yeah maybe, maybe, maybe i should do this sometime I think it, dude uh, looks like, send uh, me a selfie of you just fucking yeah, mouth yeah, full yeah. of musubi yeah yeah i should do you're that like, ah. and, I, and have you tried the uh spam casino spam casino tocino it's one of our like local food here and there's a spam a spam made a tocino version of their spam what what is this tell me what this is uh, it's like it tastes like spam, but with certain sweetness to it. I don't know if it, if Americans would like it, but like Filipinos really like it a lot. What's Tocino. it called? Spam casino or Tocino? Tocino. T O C I N O. Yeah. Oh, it's like a. It actually comes like that in the spam. The spam. Yeah, yeah, in the spam. Oh, yeah. Oh man, God, what is this? <laughs> Dude, it's your. It's an American creation. Shut up! It's floor meat. <laughs> Spice. Is it spicy? What is this? It's sweet. It's sweet. It's a, it tastes like tocino, like it's sweet and like meaty. Sweet what well. is tocino? Is it like a fruit or something? No, it's a. It's one way of cooking pork here in the Philippines. You can do it for like uh, for chicken as well. But I think it's very Spanish influenced. A lot of it's very sweet. Oh, okay. Get this. You know, you guys, if you guys are worried about your weight and worried about eating spam, you can get the low sodium. So don't bitch about, don't bitch about our rants about spam. If you have a problem eating uh, canned meat, floor, floor meat, then I don't know what to say. But don't judge us unless you have eaten spam musubi because it's fucking epic, man. Fucking yeah, yeah, change I, change I your life. Yeah, I, I should try it. Yeah. I never eat canned food ever. And I think it's just like I eat this um, once a year or so because it's super nostalgic. And like it's when like I start to, it is when I start to smell it, I'm all, oh, fuck, I get all happy. All my problems go away and I just <laughs> sit there in the corner <laughs> with, a, with a plate full of it. <laughs> <laughs> tears rolling down my eyes of joy uh, my wife yeah. calls me the fat boy when i get the fat boy out i get, I get all hungry <laughs> i'm cooking i love cooking do you like to cook yeah i like to cook but i i guess i don't cook as often as you because here it's cheaper if you eat outside <laughs> it's the paradox uh, yeah yeah it's a very different thing but yeah I damn like it cooking. what do you like what are you into cooking uh i cook a lot of pasta and filipino food so those two things uh, yeah, I like I like Japanese food, but I can't cook Japanese. So, so hard, food. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So What's up with the Japanese food, man? It's hard as fuck to cook, dude. <laughs> so technical. Yeah. You had yeah. that, like baby hands and everything. Trying to make sushi <laughs> one time. I was like, I'm fuck this. I'm out of here. I just rolled yeah, it up. I, I ate it like a burrito and I went to the sushi place. <laughs> yeah. But you can make spam musubi. So oh. that's one step to that. I'm, I'm moving in the right direction. Thank you for your encouragement. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's difficult though. What What about um? What pasta dishes are you into cooking? Uh, I cook a lot like pomodoro or all those oil based pasta, like and just garlic and just a garlic pasta, or sometimes uh, the one with uh, like aglio olio, or maybe the ones with shrimp and prawns all those things Ooh, not, that not sounds like cool major ones not like heavy yeah. sauces like like a good oil based with some yeah. herbs and stuff 
Yeah. Oh, that's good. Have you seen Chef yet? Have you seen that film? Yeah, yeah, I watched it. Yeah, I, I like. I like. I liked it. Did you watch it? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I, I enjoyed it until the ending. I think the ending was just too I don't know too abrupt or maybe or like too too nice. But I like I really like the film. <laughs> well, you wanted like, you all wanted him to decapitate his son and shit on his body. <laughs> like, uh, it's about a cooking movie. I, I forget how it happened. Like what happened? He oh that's right. Like uh, oh spoiler alert. I won't say anything. So oh, yeah, go watch sorry. it, people. It's good. Go watch yeah, it. It's fun. They had some yeah. really good moments in it. I I really enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah, I actually enjoyed the movie. I guess the ending was just too abrupt for me. I guess I was maybe expecting more yeah. <laughs> action. That, that was just me. <laughs> Where's the Uzi? Shoot somebody. <laughs> Pulls out his katana and starts slicing up the burritos and shit. Yeah. <laughs> Goes to jail. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dan's all, that was the perfect film. <laughs> Y'all wow, teared up. so deep. <laughs> you like films too. I mean, we talked a little bit about it when we we're out there. What are some? Yeah. Of the, have you seen anything recently since the last time we've talked about films that you really? There's been a lot of amazing films actually recently. Um, a lot of great films this this last year. Um, what are some that you've enjoyed? Uh, so the most recent one would be Mad Max. I would say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah Andrew really just shit himself again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it was really oh, it was an experience I really 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 it was an experience uh, yeah it was really good and then I just watched uh, uh, Ex Machina yeah what do you really think of that film. yeah I quite liked the film I think it was it was very well made or very I guess quote unquote simple but the story was really good and the acting was really good love that uh, actor that main actor uh, I liked him a lot Andrew, yeah. you saw it too, right? You watched Ex Machina or whatever? Yeah. What do you think of it? It was okay. I mean, <sighs> damn it, you. I don't know. I feel like it, it would have been better as a short film. Well, that's I like, thought it was too long. Yeah. Not even necessarily that it was too long, but just that it, it told too much of a story or it tried to tell too much of a story for the amount of like valuable content it had to offer, I think. Yeah. What would you have done? That's always the thing. I when I leave a theater and I feel like something doesn't settle right with me, I always try to figure like, okay, where where did this film kind of jump from me? Um, that's what's funny about films too is there's like you have everybody has such a different reaction to it, you know, and a different viewpoint as to like who did what and why and all that stuff. But um, I really enjoyed it. Um, it's not a perfect film by far, but yeah. at the same time, I really appreciate films like that, and I love that they're getting made still. Because it's, it's not a normal film, I guess, you know, kind of unique yeah. and great acting too. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed else? it a lot. I just, I just thought it could have been different. If you, how long would you have made it a short film? 30 minutes, like an episode of black mirror or something. Yeah. Maybe, maybe around that or like 45 minutes. I just like the, I, I really liked the bits that were like the, the Ava sessions. Yeah. Those are great. Everything outside of it felt too like expository. Like they just explained too much of it. I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was kind of the beauty of the, I think the dynamics for me personally is like, the, you know, they bring this quote unquote innocent person out there to kind of decipher this experience. And by doing so, you kind of tell the audience what's happening. It's like, um, what's the character in Inception that explains the whole story the whole time? Oh, yeah. Uh, what's her name? The girl. 
No, Ariadne. Yeah. She does, yeah. but the guy explains it to her. The guy from Third Rock from yeah. the Sun. What's his name? <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> yeah, he's he's great too. But he the whole movie. If you watch that, if you just watch Inception and just watch him, he's like, and no, and then this is that this yeah. is, and you're like, and yeah. then this. He's like a Wikipedia of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's what uh in Interstellar. That's what that one uh yeah astronaut was he like the guy that was on the ship when they went down to that planet like when they came back like that guy when he whenever he explained any of the yeah, time yeah. travel science or whatever he was like oh he had a beard and shit when he got back yeah. yeah 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 it's like you have to walk people through these situations and stuff they're tough yeah. okay so ex machina mad max okay yes yes i say yes these are great what else what else have you seen uh, recently uh avengers <laughs> oh, i didn't see that Andrew, oh, Andrew saw it. He loves yeah, it. I saw it. No, I don't love it. I, I, I <laughs> yeah. really enjoy it. It was okay. Uh, <laughs> it's okay with Dan that you don't like it. Yeah. He's flipping know, his I, phone off. Or his, <laughs> he's a fuck you, man. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> no, I, Avengers, actually, I didn't like it a lot as well. I, I like the previous one. Yeah. I think it's... Um, I, I haven't watched it, so I can't really judge it. But I just feel... Um, they're not designed for me personally, obviously, and that's cool. I think you. I think I when I want to go watch one of those, I have to really go for the experience, uh, a really different experience. Like if I go, I've never seen the Transformer movie. I did watch one where I scrubbed through it just to look at the special effects. So I watched like twenty minutes. I was like, yeah, that was sick. Shot. All right, cool. And then I was like, and then uh, Shia LaBeouf was like, whoa, 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 no, 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 no
Oh my god, did they ever? Oh my god, estimating the rock ash. Oh my god, that's so disrespectful. You know, I I actually dig the dude and like as a person, from my understand of him, he's a pretty badass dude, and he's he's yoked, he's crazy, like ripped on steroids, he's totally using (laughs) substances. Like, there's no fucking way like that's possible. And but no, he's a badass dude. I got a lot of respect for that dude. If I met him in person, I'd be like, dude. Can I give you a hug? <laughs> you <would> fucking <laughs> your spine. <laughs> nah, he'd probably give me a hug. He's always happy, man. He's a happy uh, dude. Yeah, he's, he's a. He's cool. Uh, How's it? Walking Tall is that one of his films? Is that one of them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Walking Tall. Is What's the best cool. Rock film? Oh wow! Oh my god! And does do you think if The Rock were to battle, uh, let's say Jean Claude Van Damme, Bloodsport days, who would win? Shit, that's quite hard. Because I don't grow up watching. Sun Van Dam. <laughs> 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 Thirty minutes of his film, you just yeah. cut it down. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe I'll go with The Rock. You go with The Rock. Okay, now The Rock versus Arnold Schwarzenegger. Terminator days. Terminator oh, One. Uh, oh wow, that's yeah. I guess I'll go with Arnie. Maybe. Oh damn right you will. Fucking Arnold, yeah. dude. Arnold in his prime. You took shit on everybody. <laughs> <laughs> all right who can be arnold would chuck norris be able to be arnold nah i think I arnold know. would ride chuck norris like a harley davison into the sunset yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who, somebody needs to draw that maybe bruce lee arnold riding chuck norris into the <laughs> sunset <laughs> both yeah. nude like one of those oh, Shrek I, videos. Um, <laughs> was it yeah, Shrek is life? Shrek is love. Shrek is life. <laughs> Have you seen that, Dan? You've seen the no, Shrek. I haven't, no, I haven't seen that. Oh, you oh, don't even no, know. You don't man. want to see. Yeah, 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 I don't know. You need to eat spam musubi and watch Shrek video. The Shrek is love video. Okay, I'll write this down. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Be prepared to maybe poop your pants a little bit, just a little bit. <laughs> So have toilet paper nearby. <laughs> yeah. So who can be Arnold then? Who can be Arnold? Andre the Giant. No, I think maybe uh, um, uh-huh. Michael J. Fox in Back to the Future. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> he would use hover- hoverboard skills. No, dude. Michael J. Fox and Teen Wolf. Oh, damn. That's pretty. Yeah. That's spicy yeah. right there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Wolf, but, yeah. Then who beats Michael J. Fox, Teen Wolf then? Oh, Tony Flynn. Tony Flynn. Nobody. <laughs> nobody beats Michael J. Fox. And no, Tino. I know who beats him. I'm looking at him right now. He's on my wall. It's Luke, Luke Skywalker. All right, there you go. So Star Wars wins. Yeah. Okay, I can live <laughs> with that. I guess by default. Yeah. Are you a Star Wars fan, Dan? Uh, not so much, but I like the Jedi. But yeah, Star Wars. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But you, you mean you grow up the same fucking year as me? What the hell, dude? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you were born, <laughs> one of the best sci-fi films of all time was created. It's called yeah. something called Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, actually, um, when I was young, so we were watching Star Wars, but it was really, I guess, it was it was nice. But then most what? of us were were a bit more interested in the Ewoks. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> no, man! What the hell? That was the worst part, man. Like that, that was the beginning of the Jar Jar Binks shit. I was like, oh, that something's gonna bad's gonna come out of this shit, and then the Jar Jar Binks happened. I'm like, dude, I knew it. I called it the fucking Ewok shit. Yeah, but, I knew he was gonna pull that stuff. Yeah, but th- there was like an animated series of the Ewoks, so I think it was something yeah. that I, uh, so I quite like the Ewoks. And 
there was even an urban legend. I don't know if it's an urban legend or if it's really true, but the Ewoks were speaking in Pampangenio. So it's like a wo- local dialect here, and I think the guy who trained them to speak Ewoks looks like maybe Filipino, and they talk like Filipino. <laughs> wow, that's <laughs> yeah. actually really interesting. Know. That's fucked <laughs> yeah, yeah, up, dude. Yeah, I think it's an urban <laughs> legend, but uh, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, they say it's true, but that's cool. Uh, yeah, a little a little trivia, a little Star Wars trivia. <laughs> what do you think? Do what are you think? What's our? Um, well, I guess you're not really a fan, so you don't care. But what are your thoughts on the new like? Um, milk in the Star Wars teat with the new remakes or whatever. It's not a remake, right? It's like a... It's a sequel. Yeah, it's a sequel. Sequel to the sequel. Side of yeah. Is it coming before? Is Are these three films before? No, Or after. in the middle? <laughs> it's 789. 789, yeah. okay. So yeah, it's... So the ones that we saw prior with the Jar Jar Binks is like one, two, three, and then yeah. Empire Strikes Back, um, regular three, Star four, Wars. Five. Three, four, yeah. five, New Hope. Okay. Four, five, six. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm curious. It's going to be interesting. What are your yeah. thoughts, you guys? Yeah, I, I think I'm excited because of J.J. Abrams. Maybe. Yeah, oh, you, same. You I love that lens JJ. flare? Yeah. Yeah, well, of course you do. You love Lost. Lost is the shit. <laughs> <laughs> do you yeah, like Star Lost, Trek, Dan? though, dude? Star Trek yeah. is fucking phenomenal. It was I really enjoyable. I had to say so, that. Yeah. I, had a, I never was really a Star Wars fan growing up. I think I would like it now, actually, Star more Trek. than any time. Star Trek, sorry. <laughs> But um, I yeah, I would always be like, oh, that's that really whack Star Wars that doesn't have any uh, graphics. <laughs> I'm <laughs> sure lots a lot of talking. Oh, oh my god! That you oh said my that. god! Yeah, wow, that's so disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> Shut the fuck up, everybody! <laughs> no, when I was a kid, dude, I was you know I'm watching fucking Empire Strikes Back. You got all this action, lightsabers and shit, and then I flipped to the fucking. Star Trek and some dude with some stupid ass head and he's like for like 30 minutes I'm like what the fuck where's the TIE fighters I I had a problem with it but no I mean I I felt like J.J. Abrams brought um, he brought that energy to this the I wasn't a fan of the later ones but um, I mean it's all it's all amazing that people are making I mean any film even if it's bad it's pretty amazing like that it even got made I think um the comedian made up this joke, which like um, he was talking about deathbed, the bed that eats death or deaths or the bed that eats people or something like that. He was making a joke about a, a movie because he was trying to write a movie and he was saying that this movie called like deathbed. Uh, Patton Oswalt, have you guys ever heard that bit? It's pretty fucking mm-hmm. hilarious. Uh, I haven't. It's yeah. but there's a there's a literally a movie called like deathbed. Let me look it up. And it's like the bed that eats people. And he was saying like how hard it was for him to make a movie. But then he would look up that movie and he'd be like, what the fuck? It's a bed that eats people. It's a movie. Like, how the fuck did they make this? And like, he's just like freaking out about it. And so deathbed. Yeah, I see it here. Yeah, deathbed. The bed that eats. 1977. He got a 4.6 on IMDb. Whoever gave it. Anything above a 4.6? Uh, what the fuck? I kind of want to watch it now. It <laughs> looks really interesting. We should watch it sometime. Yeah. Is it really old film? Or what year was this? It's uh, 1977. Oh, wow. 1977. It's not that old. The, the box art is amazing. There's like a chick with huge tits with her hair over it. It looks like a pastel <laughs> like airbrush. Uh, yeah. See. I- all right, let's see. 
I love that we're just like looking up deathbed right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. The deathbed, the bed that eats. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see it? The art. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! It looks like some pastel shit. The only shit I movie did. this guy made, George Barry. George Barry, we gotta get him on the podcast. Be like, dude, what happened <laughs> yeah. to you, dude? You you had this epic hit, and now now what? He's probably working at Chipotle serving fucking Andrew out in Hollywood. Like, oh, someday my fucking deathbed part two is going to take off. I know Warner Brothers is going to call me tomorrow. That's fucked up, uh, man. All right. There's only one film. Uh, all right. Dude. All right. I have to stop talking about all this whack shit. Let's talk about your art some more because okay, people are probably like, dude, like fans of your art. Like, what the hell is this? Deathbed the podcast. Deathbed the podcast. Well, I don't know. It's funny. It's, it's fucking yeah. hilarious. <laughs> It's just like what I'm saying is it's fucked that people like if so if you're wanting to make a movie out there and you're like, oh, it's so hard. Um, just Google deathbed, the bed that eats and watch yeah. it. And then you should be motivated because I haven't seen it, but <laughs> it's just, I can, you know, I have a sense about me who can judge things from a distance and I'm not, I don't know. It's yeah. that shit ain't no fucking. Uh, yeah. I'll keep my mouth shut. Let's talk about Google. How did you get um, tied up with Google? I noticed you have representatives and stuff. Is that um, part of kind of how your structure is, how you get work out in the Philippines, or does it matter? Yeah. So for me, some of my of the work that I do, I work to like illustration agents. So there's like a couple of illustration agents who agency who represents my work. So sometimes work passes through them, and sometimes it's just direct client and. Google was one of those, I guess, direct clients when they had some, they had new products or product pages that they wanted me to illustrate for. So they just contacted me and asked me if I can work on those. So it was just something straightforward like that. And then right now I'm still working with them on some of their other products, but I just can't talk about those yet because they're already out. But yeah. So talk about this is- do it, do it, break down NDA, <laughs> punk rock style. <laughs> yeah, the, the, I think the, the thing is the, the challenge with uh, every project that I work with them is because they work with, uh, I mean, most of their products are used by a lot of people and it's in various like forums, like in browsers, desktop browsers, tablets, and cell phones. So when you do the illustrations, you need to like think of those different formats uh, when you do the art. So it's a lot of things. It's sometimes, it's not really restricting, but of course, if you make a really big illustration and a lot of those details, get cropped and then but if it's on desktop you can see everything so uh the the, the process also is quite uh interesting because i work with the design team so it's a lot of back and forth between the sketches and the idea stage and then trying to fit it within their new design language well fairly new design language uh, material design language wherein they sort of rebrand redesign the whole visual language of google so i just work within those like boundaries like the colors and the textures yeah it's got to be an interesting challenge i imagine working with a team and then also like working with those boundaries Uh, how do you navigate those waters and dealing with like those kind of briefs and those situations no i think for me because when i i graduated after university i worked in an ad agency so it kind of maybe not really trained but i'm very familiar with all, all those things so when i do the sketching and when i do like the illustrations i was take those things into consideration and of course 
uh, from time to time add something that kind of breaks those like boundaries and then some sometimes clients are okay with it sometimes they're not so at least i get to try those things but yeah for me i, I really have no problem working in the context of uh commercial work and there's a lot of boundaries but it i guess the boundaries for me uh makes you become more creative i guess i mean working around all those things so i, I really have no problem with boundaries problem solving and stuff i think that's yeah. maybe where your work strives right because you'd have to decide and figure out how to fit different pieces because your style is like uh, almost like a puzzle piece at some parts you know the way yeah. things mix and merge between one another and how they play off of one another you know yeah so it's like a puzzle almost yeah it, it, actually when you put it that way it's kind of like that so it's just like a random uh, a lot of random shapes or, or angular shapes when i kind of put them all together but then there was a lot of like really clean shapes and angular lines. I guess most of those things uh, were influences when I was a bit younger because uh, when I was in uh, grade school and high school, maybe high school, I was in the science program. So I was more of like into science and engineering more than being into arts. Yeah. So, yeah. So uh, I guess most of my courses when I was younger was more into math and biology and science and all those things. And I just, decided to take fine arts in my senior year when I was supposed to take like a science subject, a uh, science program, like chemistry or computer science. But then I didn't listen to my teachers and I just took up a, a different kind of course. So, yeah. That's awesome though. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's, I think it's actually the artists that I've meet that come from kind of a, you know, either a different background or they had a different drive or something else. They usually bring a different side or angle to art. Whereas our artists that are, um, I guess for myself, like I've always wanted to be artists, always knew. Um, but I'm also fascinated by many different things, but I think it almost kind of hinders, um, sometimes, I guess it depends on your process and path. But, um, if you're thinking about like, uh, biology, for example, mm -hmm. that's inspiring your art. Mm. you'll look at things differently, you know, um, yeah. it'll influence you differently, I suppose, you know? Yeah. And I, I guess the, the knowledge of those things, I mean, it's not really top level knowledge of like being an actual scientist, but I guess the small knowledge, uh, kind of helps me when I do work for like, for example, for wired or fast company, because most of the briefs from wired are a bit more, how do you say this technical and scientific. So in a way, because I, my background is a science, I kind of understand in a general in a general perspective i kind of understand how how those things work so it helps me with my work as well that's awesome are you a fan of mm -hmm. uh, neil tyson's uh, podcast or the cosmos yeah i'm a i'm a fan of uh, neil tyson but i i don't really listen to this podcast how Actually, dare you rarely rarely listens to podcasts the only podcast i listen to is uh, the collective dang you know that? <laughs> doom in your face people he's the one person that's listening to each episode i knew there was i was like who the this one person besides andrew and i i'm joking <laughs> and my mom too i listen yeah, I think, to you curse yeah, a lot <laughs> yeah, yeah that's a, uh it's also a podcast i i think i'll, I'll look at it so i'm listening to 99 percent invisible oh that's great yeah and idol songs and oh, those are great podcasts. Yeah. Yeah, those are great yeah. podcasts. All, Neil Tyson's Star Talk is really entertaining. It has he has Bill Nye on there too. Just okay. because you talked okay. about science science and, and stuff. He has these episodes called Cosmic Queries. They're really fun to listen to. They're like little bite-sized podcasts where he kind of goes through and the audience asks him questions and I don't know where the fuck Neil stores all this shit in his head. 
Like, it blows my mind. He's like, oh, you know, that fact's from fucking this book from eons ago. And it, and he breaks it down, like, by the name. It's drives me nuts because I don't have that ability. It's a superpower. But yeah, it's, okay, it's, so it's really good, though. It's really entertaining. So I'm subscribing now. Do, do it. Check it out. Yeah, what's, yeah. what's this? Uh, Lovaganza? Is that what it is? Lovaganza. Yeah, the animation. It's the beautiful, animation. man. What the fuck, yeah, dude? When did you do that? What's Tell me the process. How did this come about? Who like how did this all work? Because it's really beautiful. It reminds me of some of Giant Ant stuff. I don't know if you're familiar with them. Yeah, I, I actually worked with Giant Ant before for like the the whale video. I don't know if you've seen that. Okay. I yeah. I mean, of course, I'll explain Love Against it now. So Love Against it is actually done by an animated, uh, not really an animation studio, but they're a small animation studio called the Academy, and one of their directors and also an illustrator is Colin Hesterly and. Uh, we kind of talked over Twitter and all those things, just sharing stuff and like, hey, 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 all those things. And then he had a project called Love Against It and he wanted me to work on it. So he's also an illustrator and a director and animator. But for this particular project, he wanted me to work on it. So it was pretty fun. And he had a, yeah, he had a, he had like a storyboard already and the animatic ready. So when he sent it to me, he was like, okay, Dan, maybe you can... Uh, work on your illustration and create style frames for the whole thing and within the feel of like the World's Fair, like the uh, Walt Disney World's Fair and I was like, okay, cool, I like all those things. So I made some different style frames and he liked it and the client liked it. So we just worked there. It was, it was, it was fairly like, the process was really smooth. So it wasn't, it wasn't really a lot of pitch to it. It's more, more uh, it was uh, actually more of uh, uh, just the uh, sending the files and all this thing, preparing the files, because at first I wasn't really very familiar how to make all the files very animation ready. So. Sure, like setting things up in separate layers for parallaxing yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it was an additional process for me, but it was okay. It, 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 I learned a lot from it because I, when I do some animation work nowadays, it, it tends to be a bit more easier for like the animator because I can separate all the files. Yeah. Are you into doing animation? Do you do your own? No, I can't animate. I, I wanted to learn, but... Uh, I'm impatient. Yeah, maybe, it's hard, huh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe in the future, but right now I'm, I'm, I'm excited more uh, in like focusing on the actual visuals and the actual visual design illustration more than animating. Yeah, the actual, um, the, the, the original art that goes and gets animated. That's what you're, the design and stuff? Yeah. 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 So so they had the animatic and every, or the the basis of it, and you just kind of built it out in your own style and passed off the files. And so it's it's really cool. Yeah, yeah. it's really beautiful though. I, every, the first time I saw your work, I was like, oh, this would be so great animated. So when I saw that piece, I was like, oh, that's perfect. You know, this is, you ever consider making like a video game? Because I'd love to play a game that exists in your design world. Yeah, I, I, I'd love to, but I can't. I don't know how to make games, so um, especially. <laughs> Especially nowadays, it's quite hard to like just design your own thing and tell someone to make the game for you. But maybe sure. if someone has a game in the future and then they want me to, I don't know, art direct or illustrate the game, then I'm always open because I I play a lot of games and I I enjoy playing games. So it's something that I'm really interested in. I think you and I should make a game. That'd be fun. Yeah, I'm making a game yeah. right now, but I think really? when I'm done with this, yeah, we should do. We should talk about it. I think it'd be a lot of fun. 
Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Some sure. kind of cool game. It's like a, a journey game that kind of feels yeah. and looks like the title sequence to Catch Me If You Can or something. Yeah. Like a journey yeah. game or something. Like a Zelda. A Zelda yeah. of the businessman Zelda. Hey, internet <laughs> people, don't take our fucking idea. <laughs> That's my fucking video game idea. <laughs> That's a really nice, like, descriptor, like a businessman Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, people love the shit out of that, I bet. You got to go yeah. fucking answer that call fend off that email like just like sort it out with fucking a mouse like a mouse laser thing meow get your laser pointer you have all these novelty uh desktop items that use you use as your weaponry dude somebody's gonna go take my idea i know it i can feel it (laughs) fucker don't take my idea million dollars dude it's all gone oh well i'll just go play it i'll let you do all the hard work out there stranger yeah. send me a link <laughs> uh, no it's you should though i don't know i think that your work like even if i'm looking at let's see the black and gold piece have you have you played limbo yeah i played limbo that's nice i really like it it's beautiful huh yeah. they, i think they have an, uh, a new game coming out so oh dude yeah. so excited for that what the hell is that called ruin or something like that yeah something like that i forgot the name but i just saw the stuff from polygon Dude, I got like sick from nausea. Like it's from like scared. Now this cartoon game, I was like, ah, oh, what's gonna yeah. happen? It's so great, it's so great. Yeah. Pretty scary game. I think one of the other games that I was really scared was Alan Wake. Have you played that? Al- no, I haven't. Alan Wake is great. Yeah, <clears throat> Alan Wink. Huh? Wake. Wake. Alan Wake. Okay. It's like a Stephen King novel, but like yeah, yeah. a game. It's awesome. Oh, it's sick! I love that stuff. Alan it's really Wink. moody. <clears throat> yeah really scary and yeah it's like a tv series in a game oh is it like a playstation game or something it's xbox xbox Xbox? okay gotcha yeah what are some of your favorite video games uh in recent time or yeah or just uh, whenever in general uh well right now i'm playing the witcher it's uh i like it it's a nice game Uh, it's an rpg but like a medieval rpg with magic all those things dragon age i really like dragon age uh um, wow there's a lot of games i really like i really like the the stuff from capybara games yeah uh, those are my super, buddies nathan and chris those guys are awesome yes uh super time force i like super time force beautiful game yeah yeah yeah, yeah. really nice game and sword and sorcery yeah, Sword and Sorcery, same guy, same publishers. You must really yeah. love um, Monument Valley, huh? Uh, Mount, uh, Monument Valley, yeah, Monument Valley is cool. Yeah. Uh, although, although I haven't finished it because I'm not, I am not patient. What? I, you haven't finished it? No, no, no. What the shit? <laughs> puzzle games, puzzle games, puzzle games. You don't like puzzle games too much? Not really. I don't like it. Yeah, it's uh, it's very challenging for me. <laughs> your logic brain you're like what the yeah. heck <laughs> trying to solve it yeah, yeah i think dude i think your art style in a game man that's a that's a fucking bulletproof setup man i'd love yeah. to play a game that had your art in it that'd be so much fun wouldn't you andrew yeah it's I fucking mean, sick dude can't beat that yeah it'd be so much fun like a super awesome desk guy the super fucking badass office manager just fucking crushing it like yeah throwing mouses and shit it's awesome (laughs) you know what yeah maybe 
you can't really make something like that <laughs> dude i think that the weird ideas are the ones that really kind of stand out i mean of course you get these epic monument valley things and um these other bits too like um super time forces reminds me of contra and a really cool different stylized world um yeah. but it's 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 scrolling and has a lot of dynamics to it it's fucking really awesome but um yeah i don't know there's got to be something we'll figure something out dude let me finish this one and yeah, i'll yeah, be knocking sure. at your door i you know i've been we talked a bit about it too um over messages and i'm still i keep trying to find a cool job to do something with you on yeah yeah for I, sure. I think it'd be so much fun to just kind of let you design and create something um what's the most ideal um com- like collaborative situation for you personally like has there been a specific experience that you had in the past that um was really enjoyable and and if so what was it yeah i'm well for me uh personally i'm okay with like i've done different collaborations like animation projects and sometimes print projects and sometimes app projects and for most of the time i'm I'm really okay to work with other people because it's one of the things I like doing. It's also the reason why I do like graphic design work because mm-hmm. for illustration work and uh, for illustration work, I do it by myself and it's fun. But sometimes it's really fun working with other people because there's a lot of ideas and a lot of conversation and not a lot of those conversation can uh, be final work, but it's just fun talking to people. So uh, most of the time I'm I'm okay with any work. I mean, um, it's not really a problem working with a lot uh, with a group of people. So you're easy going. Yeah, yeah. Any setup is fine. Like uh, right now, I'm actually uh, helping helping a friend make his movie and an actual movie. But of course, they can talk about a movie. But yeah. Oh, it's tell us the details. I- tell us. Just tell us how it ends, or like at least just the climax. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's a local film, but it's a superhero film. It's like one of our older oldest superhero here in the Philippines but oh damn yeah, it's adobo man <laughs> it's pacquiao pacquiao <laughs> oh, wow, just punching dudes that'd be the oh, game but, wow but did it, didn't you know that pacquiao had a film before like he was a superhero it's called wapak man oh god <laughs> <laughs> i've never it's heard fun. of it that sounds amazing yeah, yeah it's a uh, it's a sucky film but Okay. It's a silent film? No, I'm just joking. That's uh, awesome. Sucky it's, film. This is the name. I'm typing it. <laughs> yeah, please send it to us. We have a lot of links in this this conversation. Well, I'm wondering about your process too. If you're okay with sharing it, what what? How do you go about your process? Do you um, get the idea and then sketch it out and then put it into kind of like a context and Illustrator, and then bring it to Photoshop or build the textures and brushes? Um, how what's your creative process usually like? Yeah, so first, I usually I get the brief from clients, like the general direction, and then after I get that, I think about it. So I spend more, I spend a lot of time, um, uh, more time on the idea stage, like sketching and coming up with like the stories and the actual sketches. And then afterwards, once the sketches are approved, I, I work on Illustrator first because I do the vectors in Illustrator because I find it easier to work with vectors on Illustrator. And after all the forms are done, I send it to client without the textures and then have them approve the composition and the, the figures and the objects. And then once all those are done, I transfer it to Photoshop and I apply the textures. So the textures and the brushes I use, uh, most of them are brushes and textures I make myself. So I scan different textures and brush strokes and then convert them to Photoshop brushes. But I've also used some other 
like like brushes, uh, like free brushes online that they kind of incorporate and change something. So it's a lot of mix of like those third party brushes and brushes I made. Yeah, so, there's a cool texture that you get on there. There's that guy Kyle T. Webster, I think he has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kyle he, Webster, yeah. He's got some I epic some, brushes. Yeah, yeah. Those brushes are really cool. I don't know so how I you use, use some, some of them, though. I'm like, what the fuck? And it gets all fucked up. And I get yeah, all yeah. Upset. Some, of, some <laughs> of the brushes are quite hard to use, but some, uh, they're very, how do you say, situational. So there's some, like, layouts and illustration wherein they work better, and some it's quite hard to use them but yeah they're very very useful brushes yeah i think it would be awesome if kyle if you're listening listen to me dude let's do a gum road you got you got that all set up but then also do a tutorial please to help m- me because i'm stupid and i can't figure out how to use half of your brushes <laughs> please i'm this is sos from me because <laughs> i want to man i mean there because you know um I have the, I have the exact same process as you when I create this kind of work, which is uh, sit and sketch and think about it. Um, that's a very important phase too, right? I don't think um, I always emphasize it, especially to when I'm talking to junior designers or um, people that are starting out. I think it's really important not to skip this phase or rush to the computer. How important is to you? Is it to you? Uh, it's very important. That's what, that's also why I what I say to like younger designers and students because most of them I've seen uh, they start work on like the computer right away they don't do a lot of sketching so the the hard thing about starting work on a computer right away is once you make a mistake because you've put a lot of work on the actual illustration and sometimes you don't revise them as much as compared to like sketching and putting everything putting all your ideas in pencil and paper if you want to change something you can easily do them on pencil and paper yeah. without spending more time on like actual execution and once you've uh, uh, thought of all the ideas that you wanted to say then that's when you can start working on the computer I think it's more efficient that way yeah how often do you sit and think about things in your own mind I mean, do you constant, do you ever, um, I'm getting to the point where I can just sit and look at it in my head and then I don't even have to sketch sometimes. Is that, do you get like that too? Or is it mostly you have to kind of go through the motions of sketching and that wonderment? No. So sometimes when I don't have a sketchpad, I just type things on the cell phone or smartphone and old ideas. I just put them there Mm -hmm. because I'm usually scared that I might forget it. So even like, just sitting down and thinking of all those things. If it's an idea that I think is really good for a project or it's something new or something different, I just write them all down without even sketching. It's okay. I just describe all the things that I thought, uh, I think about. What's the favorite, your favorite part of the process? Is it the, the finish putting the textures or the, the puzzle solving part? Yeah, I think I'm more of, I'm more excited in like the puzzle solving part, the first part of it, like the sketching part, because uh, you kind of uh, think of different ways to solve different like communication problems or illustration problems, and that makes it exciting for me. The final work can be exciting as well, because that's when you see the final product, but then if you undergo a certain process in doing illustration work like myself, it kind of, to be honest, it kind of become like, how do you say it? become like a routine because uh, once you do the illustration you follow the same process to finish it but at least for the idea phase it's it can be routine like but of course you're 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 thinking of different ideas for different problems so it's a very different thing you, you kind of like 
uh, work on the mind more than the actual hands and actual execution. So I'm more excited in the first part. Sure. How often do you find yourself changing your path, like finding yourself uh, discovering a new um, ending, like, for example, like learning 3D and learning how to render things? That would be like a different path as far as finding an end result. How often do you get into that or do you enjoy like um, following a similar path at the end? That makes sense. Yeah, I think for most illustration work, I follow the same path in the end. And uh, just recently, I I really wanted to try doing 3D work because I guess it's something different. But then I I can't find time to or I can't find someone who can teach me to do 3D stuff. So maybe in the future, I'll do that. But the other thing I do is I do a lot of side stuff uh, apart from doing illustrations. I make sculptural pieces. I don't know if you've seen those things, the, the stuff I did for like, Star Wars, sculptural Star Wars, or sculptural, like, Witch King from the uh, Lord of the Rings. So those are the things I like doing. So uh, even if I can't use those for, like, uh, commercial or client work, I can sometimes use them for, like, exhibitions or art exhibitions. So, um, yeah, so I I like trying different things. But, of course, for illustration work, sometimes you kind of get stuck on that specific style working on a specific project. So then that's okay. I mean, it's it's both for me. It's both oh, good and bad. It's good because uh, you, you, your client respects your illustration style and your station work. And when you do work, it's following all those things. So it can get a bit easier on your part. And then I guess the the, the bad thing about it is uh, you can't really try different things. That's why I do like sculptural stuff and stuff for exhibition where they look different from what I do. So. But it's important, though, to right to try and do different things and try different um, avenues of creativity in order to find um, just different r- techniques and stuff. But like you said, yeah. it's, you can take risks when it's on your own kind of your own your own time. But yeah, yeah, I think that's what I was saying. I think it'd be really fascinating to see you make a video game because you'd probably learn so much. I mean, look at like Ali Moss, for example. He's in the middle of making yeah. a video game, and I yeah. think that's going to significantly change the way that he thinks and the way he works in his art. Yeah. At least I think so. Um, yeah. But the process of doing so, you kind of change um, into a different creative, you know. Yeah. Um, but taking little things along the road and then taking them to, you know, forward. Who are some of your um, favorite contemporary designers and then also past designers? Uh, so most of my favorite past designers are, wow, there's a lot. Like uh, Ivan Durrell, the one who did like the backgrounds for... Um, uh, Disney films like the Sleeping Beauty, yeah, and of course a lot of local artists as well. Like, uh, so when I was growing up, when I was younger, I looked at all the works of our, like national artists, uh, Arturo Luz and Vicente Mananzala and Ankyu Kok. So those were the those were the artists that I grew up looking at the works. I mean, aside from like the Disney films, so because they're the most accessible because you see them here. You, you see their works always in like local sure. books, all those things. So there was no internet yet before. So, I mean, those were the things I was exposed at. And I grew up watching like Samurai Jack. And hmm. I like all those uh, Gendy, uh, Gendy Tarkovsky. Yeah, he's great. And, yeah. And local artists like Manuel Rodriguez. And of course, when I was looking at all the works of like H.R. Campo and Arturus, and then they were also inspired by Paul Klee and, uh, I'm just like contemporary artist. I really like the work of John Klassen. 
uh, Nate Williams, uh, Malota. I like a lot of Hayao Miyazaki films. I like Sidemead. How do you pronounce it? Sidemead? Sidemead? Yeah, Sidemead. Yeah. Sidemead, yeah. And Charlie Harper. A lot of like the Swiss designers. So a lot of things. That's anyway, awesome. I like looking at the work. Yeah, I like the work of Oli Moss. I like the work of Noma Bar. And, and those are the things when you look at them, you just look at them and appreciate them. Not really look at them because you want to do something like that. But when you look at them and you're like, wow, these guys are really good. And yeah. something I want to be or something I aim to be. Maybe there's more like artists out there that I really like, but then I can't name all of them. Yeah, of course. I mean, the influences are huge. Are you, do you, do you collect books as well? Are you a book collector? Yeah, I have a lot of books. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you do because you, yeah. you just named a bunch of books on my shelf. <laughs> what are some of your uh, essential books that you really couldn't live without off the top of your head? Is there anything that you can think of? And I, w- so, I want to know some of the essential design books that you would recommend to everybody as well that's interested in design. So there's really one book that I recommend to everyone. <laughs> something that kind of changed me as a designer illustrator. It's by... The Bible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it's uh, Design as Art by Bruno Monari. Design uh, as Art. Yeah, and it's a really good book because I guess I can relate to maybe a lot of creative people can relate to Bruno Monari because he's a designer and an artist. They do he he does a lot of things, and it's something that I like doing. I like designing. I like doing illustration. I like making sculptural stuff. A lot of things, and and his. And he writes well, so it also helps. And he made a really good book. So uh, it's something I, uh, something for me is when I was a young designer, when I read it, it's, it kind of changed my life. It's a really good book. Awesome. And maybe, maybe a newer book would be, are you familiar with Frank Camaro? He's a, I guess he's an illustrator and designer in the U.S. He's fairly younger. I think maybe he's our contemporary, but. Frank Camaro? Frank Camaro. Camaro, okay, Frank. Yeah. So he made this book called Shape of Design, and it's a very good read. It's like a lot of essays. It's all this is point of view and design, and that's uh, a really good design book. That's really interesting when you read somebody else's um, interpretations of things too. I think uh, yeah, it always fascinates me. Oh, he's yeah. got this pretty interesting conversation on Vimeo too. He's got the Shape yeah. of Design on Vimeo. Yeah. Cool. cool. We'll share that with everybody. That sounds cool. Keep feeding yeah. us. What else you got there, baby? <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm. I'm really impressed with the words of designers. That I guess designers that can write, because personally, that's been one of my frustrations. I I like writing, but I I'm not a good writer. So I want to be a really good designer who can write and make his own story. So those are the things that uh, I do like. I really like reading. So other books. So should should it be design books? No, it could be whatever. Because I love books in general, and I love like a really well written book or a book that captures my imagination. I probably read or listen to a, one book a week. I try to. Oh, okay, it's good, so man. If, if you haven't listened to, it, there's this really good book by. Uh, uh, it's called The Lowland by Jumpa Lahiri. The Lowland. Yeah, the Jun Palayuri. It's a, it's a really good book. It's a fiction book, a fictional book. It's a novel, actually, and a story about families. And it's like a sad book, but I like reading those books kind of deep and makes you feel sad, makes you feel good at the same time. 
Hmm, like a real book, like a life <laughs> yeah. book. <laughs> like a life book, yeah. Yeah, because life isn't, you know, it's all the seasons, you know. Yeah, cool. yeah, exactly. I enjoy a book like that too. Um, yeah. Keep going. I'm adding um, all these to my list. I love books. And anytime that I encounter somebody that loves books as well, I'm like, tell me your shit. Give me your crack because I want it too. I love fucking books. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, there's like, this one. I don't know if you have read this, uh, Thinking Fast and Slow. Thinking fast and slow. No, I've, oh, yeah. heard, of that. I've heard of that one. And what what uh, is it? Daniel like, Kahneman. Yeah. Thinking fast and slow. Man, I I thought I I thought I knew some shit. I don't know crap. Got all kinds of books. <laughs> yeah, quite a nice book. It it's it's not really a self help book, but it's kind of like that. Being, That's cool. Yeah, I love self help books. Keep yeah, them so coming. What else you got? <laughs> I'm looking through all the books here. <laughs> You, are like you in your that. studio right now? Yeah, yeah, I'm in the studio. Awesome. Uh, uh, I haven't finished this yet, but so far it's been nice. It's uh, by Juno Diaz, the brief life of one, the brief wonders life of Oscar Wilde. Oh, I read that one. Yeah, brief. I read it in high I, school. Uh, I think it's won like a Pulitzer Prize. You know? Yeah, I haven't, I haven't finished it yet. So, uh, what the more? Brief wondrous life of Oscar Wilde. Yeah. Yeah. who gives you like how do you find these books are you any friends of yours that are ins- inspired by reading as well that are sharing it with you or yeah no, most of the time it's because there's a a local bookstore near my studio so sometimes i just go there and look at the books and that's awesome look at the look at the how to say this look at the short synopsis at the back and then sometimes i google the title and see if it's like a good book and then when it's good i just bring it home so yeah how often are you reading? Are you reading once a day? I don't think I read once a day, but maybe uh, every week I try to read a new book. Sometimes I, I also have a lot. Sometimes I just buy books and then I haven't read those, so I just paste <laughs> them. I just paste them. Sometimes yeah. if there's not a lot of work, I read. And then sometimes when there's a lot of work, I I just read, well, quote unquote, read audiobooks. So yeah, at least you- I just. Yeah. I just listen to them. I mean, sometimes when driving and all these things, like podcasts. Most of the podcasts I listen to when I drive, so at least because as you have experienced, this it's very traffic here in Manila. So yeah, it's crazy traffic the there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's like L.A. So, over there, dude. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. madness. So you spend you spend a lot of time on the road, so it's. I mean, listening to music is cool while driving, but. Listening mm. to podcasts and audiobooks is, I guess, more efficient use of time. Yeah, it takes your mind out of the situation, too. Anytime I'm stuck in traffic, I, I'm like, I'm over it. I can't listen to music. I have to throw on an audiobook, yeah. and it totally takes my mind out of the situation. Yeah. And it is a good use of time, I think, you know, anytime that you can sit. I read this one book by uh, Stephen King. It's on his, uh, it's like on writing, I think it's called. Mm. And it's whole, it's his whole kind of, path journey and process of how he's become the writer he is today and it's it's not preachy at all it's really great and he kind of breaks down his path and process and he says that um i think he reads like 60 to 70 books a year or something like that or some crazy mm-hmm. amount he, wow, that's a lot. he he'll get up every morning he'll write he has a crazy routine but he would write every morning at least um like three thousand words or something like that no matter what and then the rest of his day, he would take to rest, recover, and and actually like read other books, 
And then, uh, yeah, he said one of the tricks for being a good writer is, is being a good reader and reading as much as you can, good and bad, um, getting yeah. the spectrum and finding your voice. Because uh, oftentimes I think it's like art too, but reading is a different way of digesting. Like we consume it differently. So whereas art, you can just look at something, whereas a book you have to really invest time, you know? Yeah. But it's so worth worth it, you know? As, like I said at the beginning of our conversation, I'm teaching my i'm reading to my daughter i'm reading the hobbits when it's the biggest mm. longest book she's ever sat through basically but i'm trying to teach her that if you sit through some of the dull moments like the payoffs are huge you know yeah yeah some of the best books are the biggest books because they just are filled as long as they're written well you know yeah so much there's so much time that you have with the character the building of everything is so massive like the the game of thrones have you ever read those books no, I haven't read the Game of Thrones books. Do you watch the show? Yeah, I watch the show. It's Andrew's favorite show. He loves the fucking shit out yeah. of it. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Yeah. He hates on it. I don't know what's no, wrong. I don't, I don't hate it. You I fucker. Don't. You don't love it's it. Good. It's so a good show. You're my That's enemy. That's what I have to say about it. You're my enemy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a great yeah. show. It's amazing that these sh- this show even exists, man. It's like it blows yeah, me away. It's so fucking crazy huge. It's massive. Mm. Yeah, it's so good. I love that stuff. I love that crazy drama, that sword drama shit. That's what I call it, sword drama. You got any, uh, are you into documentaries much at all? Uh, not, not, not really. I mean, I've loved, I've, I've watched some documentaries before, but this was a long time ago, but recently I haven't watched a lot of documentaries aside from like the making for like films and all those things, but not so much. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Well, well, damn, dude. Fuck. I need my <laughs> need my documentary source. I love documentaries. I try to watch yeah. them all the time too. I just watched the Scientology one. Oh man, that was crazy. Oh yeah, I, I think I read uh, an article about it <sighs> online about the film. Was it good? Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy that that shit even exists, man. It's crazy yeah. that that guy he was like a, a kind of a failed uh, science fiction author. <clears throat> he created mm-hmm. a religion so he could escape taxes. It's crazy. And people oh, wow. still people still buy into the cult. It's crazy, yeah. man. Yeah, I, I read or actually listened to three books, and then I watched that documentary. I was like, "Wow, that was insane!" And it's crazy that it's still here. It's nuts. Uh, is it available online, or is it? Yeah, I think so. Um, I, th- I watched it. I think I had it some, somehow found it on my TV or something. It was on HBO. Mm. I think it's an HBO thing. Which mm. one is it? Going Clear? Yeah, Going Clear. Have you seen it, Andrew? No. Somebody was watching it next to me at work the other day. <laughs> it's fascinating, dude. <laughs> it's fascinating. Cults are crazy, dude. Yeah. That and like hypno- hypnosis and stuff. It's crazy. It's crazy. How long how was you- this? How long was this documentary? Uh, the Going Clear one? Yeah. Let me see. Let me Google that for you. Let's see. Going clear, clear documentary. Um, it's probably like a couple hours or an hour and a half or something. Let's see. Oh, it's fairly recent, like released. Yeah, it's pretty new. It's a about 120 minutes. It's really well done too. Um, they try to be unbiased, I think, but it's really hard to when you're explaining like madness. So yeah, it was crazy. Um, hopefully I'm not insulting people that are listening to this or in Scientology. It just blows my mind. I've had friends that went out and like did the test. Like they went over and like held the cans or whatever for their like lie detector thing. It's crazy. <laughs> so bizarre, but teach his own, I guess just blows me away. I love learning about that kind of stuff. 
Because yeah, I'm secretly going to make my own coal, so I can escape <laughs> taxes too. <laughs> I want to be a millionaire. Escape taxes is awesome. Ashisms would be great. <laughs> yeah, you, it's really, really just like ash. Yeah, from that'd be ashes. it. From the ashes. And I'll just make up a sick-ass story. I'll involve... I'll in, Andrew, just for you, I'll include a shrine to Chipotle. So <laughs> all my followers be. have to eat Chipotle yeah. every day. They'll, they'll be ripped, dude. They'll be so fucking yoked. Be badass. <laughs> be like my army, just fucking cutting shit up. Be sick. <laughs> we'll, I'll make them play our businessman game. It's going to be <laughs> sick. Yeah. I'll brainwash like them with that shit. <laughs> yeah, training camp. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any, um, like you mentioned when you do talks and stuff, do you have advice? Are you a bit of a mentor out there in the Philippines for, as far as design? And what is some of the general advice that you give to, um, younger designers and artists alike? Um, I guess for me, it's just, I'm not really in like, can give a lot of advice, but sometimes young designers email me or ask me questions, what they need to do. So for me, it's just mostly, because here in the Philippines, well, I guess it's the same in the U.S. But here, there's a lot of people who, after university, goes to a job that they don't really like. Because sometimes you don't have a choice, but you need to earn money. And then they ask me how how I did it, how I left my old job. So for me, it's just mostly at first, it's like it's always worth it to take risks in different, I guess, stages of your lives. It not uh, because sometimes there are things that. Uh, you want to find out for yourself, but you're too scared to do it. And it, it's up to you if you don't do it. So for me, my advice is just try it and then live with it. And then later on, I think everything will be worth it eventually. But even if you don't become successful while taking risks, it's the same thing that happened to me when I started my first studio. I kind of failed with my other friends, but then it's okay because you find out that you can do other things apart from it. So it's always important to try taking risks and then learning from it. That's awesome. Yeah, because taking risks and, and, and seeing what happens from it, I think that's part of it. You have to try, right? Yeah. So being okay with failing if it happens is okay, right? Yeah. I guess yeah. I guess most of the like designers like you, me, and maybe other people, I mean, we had different levels of failures in our lives. I mean, sure. not all those failures we talk about every day, but no. of course, personally, Shh, you've gone through it. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. We're perfect. No, <laughs> Yeah, believe the hype. Follow our yeah. cult. Drink our Kool Aid. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean those things. You learn a lot from those things, and it's it, it's. I guess it's a nice journey, and it's also a nice story for you as a designer if you kind of undergo a lot of different things, a lot of experiences, and a lot of failures. Absolutely, because it makes you relatable, makes you human. You know. Yeah, I think yeah, it's that that's important. Yeah, and it, it it actually keeps you grounded as a person because sometimes yes. when you do work. And it becomes successful. You think you're this maybe hotshot creative person, and when you fail, it kind of takes you back to earth. And it's it's actually quite a good thing when it keeps you like level-headed in everything that you do. Because I mean, as a creative person, sometimes you're only as good as your last work, and it's always good to think about that thing. When you need to always work hard for whatever work you do. Yes, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I think that's perfectly said too. How do you deal with keeping your ego in check? Um, I don't know. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not really sure how to answer that. But I guess I just treat work as, as one work for like one situation. And I think, I'm, I'm, I guess 
I don't really have like an quote unquote ego because I'm not as successful as like the other designers I really look up to. So uh, these are the things that I, I mean, that thing actually keeps you humble as well. And you, you look at the people that you idolize or that look at the people who came before you and you look at all their works and really good. And yes. see, you see that you're still too far away from them and it keeps you motivated. And I think it's also one of those things that keeps you grounded. And it's really good. It's really a good thing. Uh, to be, I guess, to keep your ego in check, so so not us, so you won't think that you're like the best ever. <laughs> self evaluation is really important. Yeah, yeah. I think honest self evaluation, and yeah. when you can self apply it and you can do it in a positive manner that will support you, I think that's that's really you're showing yourself that you're a, an ex, like a, an evolved being. I think, yeah, you know, that I, it's a conscious thing. You know, we're one of the only animals that I know of on this planet that can do such a dynamic thing yeah. in order to, to achieve a higher level of consciousness and growth. Yeah. And also for me, my siblings also kind of quote unquote, keep me in check. But sometimes when I do work and I think it's really good, but my sister was like, what's that? I don't understand anything. So it's like, oh, okay. So it's a pretty good. <laughs> uh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a good thing with siblings because they, I don't, I guess they don't really care if you make good work. It's just more of things that when they see it, they understand because some yeah. of the things you don't really understand because like very artsy. So it keeps you grounded. That way. Well, I guess it depends on who you're catering to, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Do you think that you should be, catering to everybody or is that a is that a uh, an opening for for failure um well it depends because uh a lot of my works are editorial works so they're very uh, i would say very more of communication communication design or visual communication so the stuff i do for magazines i guess when people see it they need to understand it so but, but when i show it to like uh, fellow illustrators or fellow designers, most of them can get everything. But then I show it to like my sister or everyone is not a designer. Sometimes they don't understand the whole illustration. So some of those things I need to test like to people I really trust who can tell me honestly how they feel or if, if they understand it. And I think as a designer and as an illustrator, it's one of those things that you should, I don't know, the, 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 main, the main purpose of doing my illustration work for like editorial magazines is of course communication so people should understand it but i guess when you're doing personal work it doesn't matter yes yes yeah. exactly I'm doing personal work I, I don't really care if people understand it as long as uh, they like it or maybe they like it or they don't like it so sure and that's a part of it it's part of you explaining or expressing your own in, inner thinking and, and mindset yeah. i suppose so yeah. let's, I'm going to wrap this up. I want to have, I have one more uh, last question, if that's okay. Is, is there yeah, anything yeah, else sure. that I might have missed? No, that's okay. Sure, go. Uh, what I wanted to ask, too, is um, where do you see yourself going? I mean, where is all this effort? Are you going to stay in the Philippines? Are you coming out here? Are you going to start another studio? And I noticed that you have um, reps, and I think you have something going on with, like, Plus 66 Design Company. Plus 63, yeah. 63, sorry about that. And then um, all these, you have also some awards and stuff. But what, is, what what's going on with you in the future? Like, what are you, do you have any plans? And, and what does that look like? Oh, wow. That's, like, a very hard question, but, yeah. <laughs> well, you don't have to answer it if you didn't no, like no, that. No. Yeah, I think, uh, I think it's a really hard question, but it's something I really like to answer as well. Because for me as a, a creative person, I really do a lot of things on the side. I guess, uh, so 
maybe most of the people who see my work uh, connects me more to like as an illustrator and I like doing illustration works for magazines and animated stuff and uh, print and advertising and it's one work that I really like doing this illustration is like it's not really it's self-expression and you can use your own style doing illustration but it's also communicating to other people and one thing I said earlier is I like working with other people as well so I do I do design work. This is when I started my design studio, plus I I wanted to do a lot of brand identity work, graphic design work, and I want to do it with different people. So at least on that aspect, I can collaborate with other designers and graphic designers and photographers and web designers and do different things that the way I say it is like a balanced illustration because when for example for me when I do illustration work it's uh it's always on my own style and then uh, at least for design work, it's very diverse. I can try different things yeah. because it's it's always dependent on what the client, uh, what the client brief is. So you always work around that, and there's a lot of like a problem-solving aspect of it, which makes it very exciting for me. And for me, moving forward, I, I've been stuck in uh, doing a personal project, like a book project I wanted to do, and it's been stuck in limbo. But I guess. Right now, it's kind of moving forward because I've been sending like the synopsis to, to some editors and some writers, and they have builds over it. And it hopefully I can finish it in the near future. It's a I'll send you the synopsis if you don't mind, so you can. Yeah, I'd love to. That'd be awesome. So I can ask you to review it for me because there are certain things that I'd like to, I guess, maybe change, and it would help other people look at it and. In the future, I guess for me, I just wanted to do creative work in the future. It doesn't have to be illustration work. It doesn't have to be specifically design work, but it has to be work that is challenging to me and maybe using creativity, using design to solve all those different problems. That's why right now when I'm, I'm working on a movie, so it's a different setup. It's maybe it's the same as yours when you do concept art and concept design for movies. And it's very different for me because I don't really have to do illustration work, but I have, I mean, I, I do sketches, but I have to do uh, more uh, problem solving work and more research about the topic and do something that I'm, uh, uh, that's very different to what I'm doing now. So I guess in the future, that's just what I want to do. Maybe do a lot of creative work, doesn't have to be tied to illustration or design, but just as long as it makes me happy and uses a lot of creativity doing it challenges you and pushes you into a new direction yeah. yeah it sounds like you should definitely make a video game or work on that because that'd be great yeah yeah so, also yeah video games video games would be nice to work on it's a whole different i guess uh aspect of creativity because there's a lot of interaction and there's storytelling there's interaction it's everything it's all yeah. five dimensions it's it's yeah, beyond yeah. film it's it's yeah. it's yeah it's crazy yeah yeah, it's yeah, really it's difficult like, to pull off. It's amazing when it works. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you're listening and you've heard this, you should hit Dan up. And if you're into video games or developer or you do coding or whatever, programming, um, you should hit Dan up, bug him. Like, let's make a video game. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's called Businessman. And, <laughs> and then you guys pitched him my idea. 
you <laughs> motherfucker. Now I'm joking. No, you should definitely. Do, I mean, I think that'd be awesome. You know, so and I think these are these are really great. Um, you know, I think your your advice about taking leaps and trying new things and and and, and testing yourself and pushing yourself. I always say you never know what you're going to fall in love with next. So it's best to try. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I guess every creative person always look for something different. And yes. I guess when you, when you look at their work online, maybe you can see a work that they're very commercially successful in, but then the old creative people I know really like doing other things that they don't necessarily share or post online, but those are the things that keep you motivated, that pushes you forward. Yes, those are the things to do, baby. There you go, kids, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. <laughs> Awesome. That was amazing. Yeah. Um, thank, thank you so you. much. Yeah, we'll yeah, have links. Well, there was so much stuff that we covered. We'll have, hopefully, Andrew got a lot of those things. If you have yeah, any, I have a fuckload. Yeah. <laughs> we, have show, <laughs> we have show notes. <laughs> no, it's yeah. all good. No. It's, my, it's my fault. Yeah. I kept asking for it. So yeah. I, I quite actually like the part where we talked about the Philippines because I guess it's, it's something different. Like, it's important. Yeah. It's important really to like learn. It. And it's important for, you know, you know, you to express part of your culture, you know, so uh, I appreciate it. I learned something today. Dude, you need to go (laughs) eat some fucking adobo. You need to get that shit in your stomach now, like ASAP, like go out and find like an epic Filipino grandma and be like, cook me some adobo. (laughs) Demand it. Especially you guys are in the West Coast, right? So yeah. there's a lot of Filipinos there, a lot of Filipino food. Oh, yeah. We got some good stuff over here for sure. Yeah. So there's no excuse, Andrew. Chipotle right, boy. Fine. We'll, we'll eat it when I see you next. I'll demand it. We'll find a good Filipino spot. <laughs> but Dan, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you for coming on. We'll have, you know, as always, we'll have all the information and links. And if you have anything else you want to share with us, um, feel free just to email us and we'll put it in the links as well. So for sure thanks ash thanks andrew Great thank you homie Dan. thanks homie you guys have a good night yeah you too man have a nice evening it's like two in the afternoon for dan <laughs> it's yeah it's 12 30 <laughs> i gotta fucking do some shit <laughs> yeah and i think i'm getting yeah. sick it's awesome great <laughs> but dude thanks dan i really appreciate it man have a great night and best of yeah. luck on everything moving forward thank you you guys have a nice evening thanks uh, dan see you guys around ciao and that does it for this week's episode big thank you to dan for joining us this week you can find links to his work in all the show notes for this week's episode at thecollectedpodcast.com slash 107 along with links to our facebook twitter and itunes podcast page we also have a new feature on the site which is a newsletter this includes up to up and coming events and guests and all that goodness so if you want more information check it out at thecollectedpodcast.com slash newsletter Have an amazing day, everybody. Be powerful. Be prolific. Peace out.